on guys it is caleb back again to break down another nba slate here on the malaga drive hoops betting channel i hope everyone is doing fa absolutely fantastic we've got another uh absolutely loaded slate here today um we're and these games are going to be coming hard and fast uh the nba um, they went down from 82 games to 72 games but they're um they're really squeezing these games into a, a slightly shorter window of time and so obviously a little bit harder for the players and the coaches and all those people involved but it can be a grind for the people betting it too um and if you are not in tune with exactly what's going on on the court at that uh current time you're gonna get roasted by the bookies so we're looking to stay locked in honestly uh we were, so we were up basically 13 games over 500 uh, around seven units uh coming out of the all-star break we're right now we're 72 and 62 um, up three or so units so uh, a little bit of a slip up since the uh post all-star break but we are going like i said we are going to continue to take each day as its own not get ahead of ourselves focus on the present moment and and what we are trying to accomplish that day and we'll live with the results so uh with that being said i'm not going to recap yesterday because i didn't make a pod yesterday we got a little busy uh, but went two and one which was nice uh clippers let us down but we're riding them again today. So uh, let's jump into the slate today. I actually, I, I I feel like I don't say this too often, but I love today's slate. And there are some days where it's like, damn, I'm looking at the board and I'm like, damn, I, I, I really think the books got, they got this all right. Like I don't, there's not really much to bet. And I, you know, I'm kind of peeling back, looking under the covers, under the bed. I'm looking everywhere for a play. That is not the case today. Um, I like, I like something in almost every one of these games, except for Wizards Bucks. Um, I have a lock three plays in, and there's another three that I'm actually pretty heavily considering. I think the most, the most amount of plays I've had is five. I actually had, did have a five and zero day, uh, although two of those were half units. But regardless, let's let's just jump into the site. First game of the day is the one that I actually don't have a lean on. And that's Bucks and Wizards. Uh, Wizards, eight and a half. I actually would lean Wizards here. I, I think I'd have this closer to six and a half. Um, Bradley Beal should be back, I believe. Um, and, and this this Wizards team grinded a, a game out with the Bucks um, two days ago without Bradley Beal. We're in it towards the end. We're leading for not most of the time, but they were leading at times in the game. And, and the Bucks ultimately were better and, and came through in the end. Um, but it seems like a, a lot. I, I think the books have... There, there are a couple teams that have been overrated by the books this year. But I think one of them is the Bucks, And they have been, for really large stretches of, of the year, have been just overrated by the Bucks. And, and recently, they've actually been somewhat good enough to be deserving of that. Um, but we saw, finally, because, you know, for, for a while there, the Bucks have just been rolling... Um, but we actually saw finally last game against this same Wizards team. Okay, there they are. And they still won, but they were not this dominant team that we've seen for large portions of the last two years. Um, with that being said, usually when two teams face off twice, um, especially at home, you get a shot at a team twice at home, you, you'd think you want to get one of those. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards pull off a win here. Let me make sure because... I would look pretty foolish if if Bradley Beal was um, not playing. No, he's good. It's just Davis is questionable and Rahul Neto is questionable. But I don't really mind either of that. Um, 
So, so there's two things here at play. One, when you play two team, when you play a team twice, especially on your home floor, you usually come out. Um, it's just a lot harder to beat you the second time, um, and we've seen that many, many times. Is it doable? Yes, we've seen it plenty of times. But generally, when you lose that first one, you're coming out with more fire. Also, what we and we saw a perfect example of that with the Timberwolves yesterday. They lost the first game to the blazers won that second game they were still outright dogs on the second one one outright and then the generally the total goes under more often um because you're very familiar i mean you just played this team you kind of know what they're looking to do offensively and they kind of know what you're looking to do offensively so 242 and a half is a really really high total um it makes sense with the way both these two teams play in terms of the pace and really the defense at times for both of these teams but um, I'm going to lay off because, again, they, they play so fast. They play so fast. But I, I like the under in Wizards 8.5 here. I'm going to take a little bit harder of a look at the Wizards here. Um, they're in a little bit of a slump, but you know they're going to break out of it in a big way here soon. Uh, and as an 8.5, like, I, I probably get this closer to 6.5, honestly. And this was one of the games I felt like I didn't even really have a lean, and now I'm I'm kind of talking my way into the Wizards. We'll see. We'll see. I do like the Wizards here today. Next game, Kings and Hornets. Hornets I locked in at 2.5. They're now sitting at 3.5. And, a half. and uh, for me, it's pretty straightforward here. I've been telling you guys pretty frequently about, you know, I, and just in general, I've been on the Hornets a lot. I've been riding the hot hand. Um, I was on them against Toronto. They cashed that. I was actually on them against Detroit. Didn't cash that. Very easily could have. Was on them against Minnesota. They cashed that. I was on the team total against Portland. Pushed that. Was on them plus the points against Sacramento. Cashed that. So if you look, I've actually been on the Hornets in some form or fashion in the last five games. Um, And I'm three one and one in it so we'll take it and i'm going right back to the well here today uh sacramento kings have played better right they they had a long stretch there where they were really really poor where they were not playing any defense i mean they haven't really played defense all year but it was especially bad and um then they come out of the all-star break and destroy the rockets it's like oh wow we're looking good again um, and, and right before the All-Star break, they, they went into Portland and only lost by four. It was a really good win for that. Or not a win, but it was a good performance overall for them against a, a Portland team that was, you know, a veteran playoff team that uh, knows that every game is important. They almost stole that game. Um, but then they come back into Atlanta um, and, and they lose by 15. And the defense wasn't great. The offense wasn't great. And I, I still think the books continue to rate this team as if they're like, a fr- uh, they 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 rate them kind of like they're the Hornets, um, and the Hornets. Meanwhile, on the other end, they're just again they're finally getting everyone healthy. They've had they they were one of those teams that just uh, for large different portions of the, the the first half, they just had different guys out. Right? They they never quite had everyone together for any real. Uh, period of time. Terry missed some time. Lamelo missed some time. Although Lamelo was, was very consistent. Devontae missed a lot of time. Gordon Hayward missed significant time. Cody Zeller missed significant time. Malik Monk wasn't playing early on, um, and now you've got everyone back and playing good basketball, meshing. And so this team's a lot better than I think people realize. They're much watched TV. They have wins against a lot of good teams at the crib. They basically have to beat the Kings by one possession. I I, love, I I really like their ability to do that. 
Um, you go back their last, even their last three, they've just des- they destroyed a Raptors team, although they only ended up winning by ten. But they they dominated that team. Um, they dominated the long stretches of the game against Detroit, and then they dominated Minnesota. This is a team that's playing really good basketball right now. They're talented. They're well coached. Um, and they're just kind of coming into their own. I don't love playing them as favorites. That's not my favorite spot to play them. Um, but they should be able to score at absolute ease with absolute ease against the Kings. And it's just going to come down to getting somewhat uh, consistent stops. And it's not like the Kings are this. They play at a fast pace and they have Deer and a bright young player. But it's not like they're this elite offensive juggernaut that, that can't be stopped. So uh, give me the Hornets minus two and a half here today. I wouldn't play it past three, so it's at three and a half now. I'm not. I'm not on three and a half. I think this line should be three and a half four, um, which is why I hit it at two and a half. But at, at three and a half layoff, this thing could vary. In fact, I think the most likely scenario is this goes down to the wire. I will just take two and a half, right? Um, because really, the, a lot of things have to happen for you to lose, but lose by less than three. Um, all right, next game, the Battle of New York game that's i'm i'm looking forward to the knicks have been a renaissance this year tom Tom thibodeau has his team playing extremely extremely well it all starts on the defensive end um and they just come in their their mindset every game is all right we get stops after stop after stop and and whatever happens on the offensive end we'll live with it because um if we're getting stops it it gives us a shot meanwhile the the nets have kind of been uh almost the opposite this year and and their defense has picked up lately they're actually playing at a slower pace um, but in general, they're just going to outscore you. And again, I will say their defense has picked up a lot lately. They um, have even slowed the pace down here. But I, I like the Knicks getting eight and a half here. And I think it should be closer to six and a half. And I think, that, again, the reason why is because Alfred's out and Derrick Rose is out. So now you're going to be forced to play Frank Nantlikina and Emmanuel quickly, you know, uh, for not each of them 48 minutes but together i mean there's no real other point guard on the team so you those two are gonna have to split those minutes neither of which are probably equipped on the defense i mean frank's a little bit better on defense iq is better on offense um but derrick rose is a huge part of this team um and, and for me again i love the knicks here i really do but we've seen the nets um at home blow teams out. I mean, they just beat a better Celtic. I, I would still, for as good as the Knicks have been and as poor as the, the Celtics have been, I would still say the Celtics are better. And they blew a Celtics team out um, on, on the Barclays Center, in the Barclays Center, just not that long ago. So, um, for me, it, it's really tough. I'm leaning the Knicks here. I think another narrative here that, that really has me liking the Knicks is just it's a battle of New York. Like, this is... This is a game that Knicks fans always look forward to uh, when they're when they're playing the the Nets, and for once this year they're actually competitive. Like the Knicks, you look through history; they recently they just have not been good at all, and neither honestly have the Nets been. But you know, Nets the Nets are the fun, young, sexy team, the supposed title favorites, um, and for good reason. They have three of the most uh, amazing offensive talents that we've seen ever all three are generational offensive talents um and i think the knicks are kind of coming into this like you know they're the gritty underdog they understand that they're getting all the attention and they're like hey we we can play with them we are just as good as them and obviously they're not but eight and a half seems pretty hefty like 
to cover an eight and a half, you have to really thoroughly beat a team. And the Knicks are not one of those teams that get beat thoroughly that often. And especially in a primetime up big moment spot. I just think the Knicks, you'd like to think they come to play today. And a big reason why they've been successful lately is R.J. Barrett. Obviously, Julius Randle's been huge all year. But R.J. Barrett's been playing super, super well offensively. Um, and they're going to need that today. They really, really are. Um, the they're gonna make. They're probably gonna try and make it tough for for the Nets. Um, you know, James Harden can really dice up anyone, but I, I'm very excited to watch James Harden kind of try and solve the puzzle of the the Knicks defense. And I, I'm very excited for the Knicks defense and what their game plan and approach is to stopping Harden and Kyle Lowry. But uh, ne- nevertheless, I like the Knicks eight getting eight and a half here. I, I doubt this gets to nine. Um, I really think the only way this will move is probably down back down to eight. Um, and I'm think I'm telling you, I'm thinking about this one long and hard. Um, the Nets are, are more talented for sure. They're at home, but like the, the Knicks are different this year, man. They, they really are. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. I, I like the Knicks. Follow me. If you haven't already follow me on Twitter, I will, uh, I'll let you guys know if I end up playing that next game, Spurs and Pistons. Um, Spurs two point favorites heading into Detroit, um, and this is a tough one. Now, at first, I really did lean Spurs here, but then you take a step back. Derek White's probably going to sit this one. Obviously, Marcus Aldridge is gone. Demar Derozan's dealing with a personal issue. I would assume something related to his dad, as he did pass away somewhat recently. Could be a funeral, some sort of thing like that. Regardless, Demar Derozan is a huge, huge part of this Spurs team, and they have not been uh, the same team without him. Uh, and you, you know this Spurs team is definitely better than the Pistons but again I don't feel comfortable enough betting on this Spurs team without DeMar DeRozan I haven't seen this Spurs team be super successful for really any stretch of time without DeMar DeRozan so um, I'm just going to I'm going to stay away here I'm going to stay away here I, I do think the Spurs should win this game uh, but the Pistons are just one of those teams that just they, they probably have the least sexy roster in the league, but they just grind certain, and not even wins out. They just grind covers out. Like, they they went into Brooklyn, you know, two days ago and, and only lost by five. And they were, my they're miles worse in terms of talent. But Dwayne Casey does a great job of having that team prepared and ready. Um, and you know, regardless, they're going to play hard. So the Spurs, I generally like... Um, targeting Greg Popovich teams off of losses um, and they got blown out in Philly right that's another reason why I like this Spurs team today uh, but you just can't count off this Pistons team so I'm gonna lay off I do think I really do think that uh Spurs if you have this long shot parlay I don't mind Spurs at all in fact we'll walk through a parlay here at the end um again because I I do have leans on really every single game which is rare um so I, I don't hate their money line in a parlay, but if we're just playing a straight play, um, I think it's better to just play it safe. Play it safe here. All right, let's let's keep it moving. This we're finally starting to get to the good stuff, guys. And here's a game that I really do think we have an edge on with the books. I have locked Pacers five and a half. It came out at five, moved to five and a half, and I immediately pounced. It's down to four and a half. Uh, I, I I think there's a good chance it gets back to five. The Nuggets are a popular team. MVP front runner now with the Embiid going down in Jokic. Um, 
but let's get to this. And and I'm on the Pacers five and a half here. I'd play this probably up to four and a half, five. Um, and, and let me tell you why. Now, I know the Nuggets are at home. I know they're coming off a game where they got scraped by the map. So you're probably going to see the best version of this Nuggets team. But I don't think what people are accounting for quite yet is the return of Karis LeVert. And we saw it against that Suns game, right? There, there are games in the NBA where some teams just have it, right? They, they're cooking. You're doing all you can, but they're just hitting every shot. They're in a rhythm and, you know, well, shit, we're going to lose. Um, but that was just not the case in the Suns game, right? It was to a certain extent, right? The, the Pacers were moving the ball, playing great offense, and they had confidence. But where it started really uh, was the defensive end. They looked phenomenal there. And I think a, a big reason of that is um, – to this point this year, a ton, a ton, a ton of the offensive load has has fallen on Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis' shoulders. And they're both really good players. Sabonis is a two-time All-Star. Brogdon is going to eventually be up there as one of the better guys who never make an All-Star game. And, and he very easily could if the Pacers have a great year here in the next couple of years. But regardless, neither of those guys, I think, are guys that you can go to on a consistent night with a ton of usage and have that hold up the whole season as being efficient and they're going to have great games, right? Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis have and will continue to have great games in that sort of role, but they're also going to have games where they really are struggling. Um, and if Malcolm Brogdon is not the guy where if he doesn't have rhythm, he can kind of control the game and find ways to get that right. He's a guy that's not the fastest, not the strongest, not the quickest, not the biggest. Um, he's just a hooper, but, but the, the toll of a season adds up, especially on a smaller point guard. And, and, Likewise with Sabonis, you know, a lot of his points come from posting up, getting deep position. It's just a a tiring way to score at times. But the addition of Karis LeVert just takes a little bit of a load off of both those guys offensively. And I think you saw as a result of that uh, kind of more intensity on the defensive end. And, And you just saw Karis LeVert injected so much life into that team where you could see almost instantly right and there's games where you know a team takes the lead and then they give it up right away but that's generally with the the lower teams the the indiana pacers controlled the whole game against the phoenix suns and the phoenix suns we're talking about a legit really good team like they are for real they're the best team against the spread all year they've even surpassed the jazz now and um uh, what they are against the spread i think they're like 23 and 11 um and they controlled that game against the Suns. And so now you're looking at a Nuggets team that still is not fully healthy. They're still missing Gary Harris. Monty Morris might be out. And they're going to be pissed off a loss. But if the Pacers play with the same intensity and energy that they did last game, it's going to be a dogfight that will go down the wire. And I honestly could even see the Pacers winning. So, um, again, I think right now is an opportunity to somewhat buy stock in the Pacers in, in terms of betting on them in the next couple of games. Obviously, you know, the price has to line up with all that, but, um, it's a team that I think is a lot better. And Karras wasn't even like who, like he, he scored 13, 14 points in like 20 something minutes. Like it wasn't anything insane, but that offensive, that having that third guy on offense that you can go to, to maybe not even necessarily get you a bucket, but create for others. And then allowing Malcolm and Sabonis just a little bit more rest, I think is huge for them. Their defense looked awesome. Uh, Jeremy Lamb might be might be back, and it's a Pacers team that, again, is 
right at this very point, I think they would uh, have. I know, you know, TJ Warren got hurt and then Oladipo got traded and then Karras was out for a while. But this is a team that I think expected to be doing a little bit better uh, than they were at this point. And, and I expect them to, to really turn it on and, and understand and value these games um, at this point. So I'll, I'll take five and a half. That's a, a decently large uh, point spread there for, for a team that I think is playing just as good as the Nuggets right now. So give me the Pacers here today. Next game, a very, very interesting one. I've been burned, um, you know, by the Clippers um, for the past couple weeks. I've I bet on them a couple times. I bet on them in Milwaukee. They were up four late, lost that game. I bet on them um, in Washington. Paul George got ruled out right before tip, lost that one. Um, so the, the Clippers have burned me a little bit, but here's why we're going back to the well. And and again, they have struggled out of late and I, and I don't think there's a lot of times, right. Where you look at a team struggling and you're like, ah, whatever. Um, I, I think we have to somewhat pay attention to their struggles. I think some of that is legit. Um, and I think on paper, people are going to look, this Clippers team is wow, 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 wow. They're really struggling right now. And this Mavericks team is playing their best basketball of the year. And that's a fact. Um, but I think just two weeks ago, this line would be, you know, Clippers minus four and a half, five and a half. And, and now we're getting it down to one, right, where we just need to win. And there's a couple reasons why I like the Clippers here. One, they are 6-0 and on back-to-backs this year. They're also uh, among the league leaders. I, b- I believe they're second against the spread after the Suns, after losses. Um, and again, you just go through the post-game press conference they all took it personal. You hear it. I mean, we've seen it many times. Oh, we took it personal. I, I just think, you know, uh, my one of my favorite spots to bet, and again, it's not like you don't apply it to every – it depends on the team. But one of my favorite spots to back when a team is fully healthy and they're a good team is when they get blown out. Because you see it in the NBA. It happens all the time. You get blown out. It, it happens. It happens regardless of how good you are, how bad – you're going to get blown out at least once or twice this in a year. Um, and the Clippers got absolutely <laughs> blown out. And, and I don't care that it's a back-to-back. I think it gives them an opportunity to step up and reverse things. They took it personal. You're getting uh, the second or third best team, maybe at worst fourth best team in the league right now, um, in a spot that they are going to be the most motivated in. Again, 6-0 and in back-to-backs. One of the, the second best team in uh against the spread against loss after losses this map team is playing a lot better uh 100 they're playing a lot better they're at home um but the clippers are, are just a better team we've seen it time after time and just because this small little stretch has said otherwise doesn't undo a whole body of work the clippers are more talented they're better at their at their peak um, and are they playing at their peak right now? No, they're not. They're they're definitely not. But can they? Are, are they that far from being that? I don't think so. Uh, Pat Beverly will be out, sure. And I wanted to, you know. And I, I think that uh, another big part of this is is you know both Paul George and, and Kawhi are playing right. Both of these guys have sat out back to backs um, before multiple times throughout the season, and I think it just goes to show even more. All right, we we have to get right and I, I know I'm not even an NBA coach but I know the champions it, it doesn't work it, like you can't just turn it on right maybe maybe the Warriors in like their second or third year with KD but even that first year you can't just expect to create bad habits be inconsistent all year and then just turn it on when it matters it, it, you have to be a consistent team all year long and I think Ty Lue knows that I know Kawhi Leonard knows that 
I understand. I'm pretty sure Paul George understands that that this concept of you have to create these habits and create this version of yourself in the regular team and really know who you are going into the postseason. And I think they're going to work to get there. Again, very good Mavs team that's playing their best basketball of the year. I'm fully aware of that. Um, and if we get beat, we get beat. But I'm getting the better team here in their most motivated spot they could be in right after a loss. They turn around. They have an opportunity. They're rested. Sure, they played last night, but they had the all-star break. Um, I think the Clippers understand the magnitude of a game like this, and I think you're going to get the best version of the Clippers. And if you get the best version of the Clippers, you're probably going to see them win this game. So I'm riding with the Clippers minus one uh, here. Uh, Again, I I think they win this a vast majority of the time. Could the Mavs get hot and win this? Sure. Um, But you're looking at a Clippers team with a great defense, two guys at the top who can score and create for others, a good solid bench. I will say Serge Ibaka is questionable today. I don't think that changes them or moves the needle all that much. Zoo, for as frustrating as he can be sometimes, is still a solid center. Um, And they might even go small for a little bit. So uh, give me the Clippers minus one today. I love them. I love them. So those are the three that I've locked so far. Pacers plus five and a half. Clippers minus one. uh, Hornets minus three and a half. And let's get to the last two games, one of which I'm leaning pretty heavily. And that's the Suns minus seven. Similarly to the Clippers here, again, Suns are legit, right? They, they have been so good all year long, and you want to know where they've been even the best, the best spot for the Suns off of losses. Um, let me let me actually pull it up so we, we get the exact number for you guys. But this year, yeah, this year against the spread after a loss, in general, the Suns are 25-12 and 12 against the spread. That's covering at a 67% rate. That's very good. After a loss, the Suns are 8-3, and three, best in the league against the spread. So you're getting that. You're getting a team that really you've seen it all year. And generally lately, uh, the Suns, most of their – after the losses, they've been on the road. Now they're at home here. So I don't – we don't have a huge sample size of them being back at the crib after a loss. But regardless, 8-3 and three after a loss, they're the best team against the spread – um, and, and the Grizzlies are a solid team. I've talked about it many times. They fight. Anytime you get the Grizzlies against a sub, a below average team, you, you, I like to hit them. But this is not necessarily a spot. We've seen them lose to teams better than them um, a lot of times. And, and uh, they just played an early weird game in, in Oklahoma City, which they just lost. And now they're traveling to Phoenix. Uh, meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns have had some time to rest. My only thing is seven here, right? Seven's in that cheeky spot where it's like, all right, if you thoroughly beat a team, you're probably going to beat them by more than seven. But at the same time, we've seen teams sneak back into it, and, and the Suns could be dominating for most of this game, and then the Grizzlies make a, a late run, which are the devastating beats. Um, so for me here, I, I'm still debating going between seven or first half minus three and a half. Both of them have pros and cons. I've, it's just the most frustrating thing when you're debating between two and the one you hit is the wrong one and the other one hits. I could easily see it being a battle early on and the Suns pulling away. But I could also see the Suns really coming out of the game, uh, coming out of the book strong after their last loss and then Grizzlies making a push at the end. So I haven't decided yet. I haven't locked in anything yet. I've only locked those three in. But uh, the Suns are a better team. They're off their loss. Um, and the Grizzlies are the games are starting to stack up in terms of them coming quick. Um, they were just playing in OKC yesterday during the day. 
Uh, I will say, though, the Grizzlies are off a couple losses, which there's a scenario. There's definitely a scenario here in which the, the Grizzlies lose just a close one. Um, so we'll see. They've already matched up twice. The Suns actually lost in Memphis earlier this year, and then they beat the hell out of Memphis in Memphis. Uh, but the Memphis was resting a lot of guys. So leaning Suns heavily here. Haven't hit anything yet, but I will let you know on Twitter later today. Um, and I know this is actually a little bit later, so we got to get this out quick. Last game, Lakers and Warriors. Uh, I think this line's priced uh, completely fair. You saw the Warriors get a huge... Oh, man, that was so fun. You saw them get a huge win t- uh, against the Jazz, and um, there's been a distinct change for the Warriors. I don't know if many of you have noticed, but uh, instead of Wanamaker and Michael Mulder um, and a couple other guys that they've you know tried throughout the year... They are moving to Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion as the two guards. Uh, I, I don't even think Kent... No, Kent did get some time. But they're moving to Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole um, off the bench. And, and I think specifically Jordan Poole is a huge um, guy to mention. He's a guy who's had always had a lot of talent. But again, you know Steve Kerr is... Steve Kerr kind of has for lack of a better word, just a stick up his ass when it comes to younger guys and mental errors. And, and Jordan Poole was a guy that um, made definitely made a lot of mental errors especially on the defensive side of the ball and it, it affected his one his playing time but that in turn inf- affected his confidence when he was in um we saw him go to the g league dominate and now he's come back up and and he actually is a legit scorer like he's he's a pretty damn good scorer um a guy uh, borderline i think might be someone to look to to pick up in fantasy leagues if he uh continues this but he's going to continue to get minutes and for a Warriors team that really has lacked any scoring outside of Steph Curry, um, you know, Wiggins and Oubre here and there, but outside of that, no scoring. Jordan Poole is a huge, huge get, and it's adding an instant impact guy just like that uh, out of thin air. And, and everything I've seen from Jordan Poole to this point shows he's a legit scorer in this league. He just needs the time, the confidence, a coaching staff to believe in him, and um, he's been huge. us so um it can also go both ways yesterday it worked out jordan Poole was hitting nico Mannion played aggressive but there are going to be nights where where that unit with Poole and Mannion uh get eviscerated and hopefully it's not often but it's just the nature of of having a a rookie second rounder uh, playing significant bench minutes and then a uh a second third year guy who hasn't really established much of himself at all in the nba regardless on the other side um I think LeBron has already stated he's not sitting at all this the rest of the year. And I think, one, I think, like we talked about with the Clippers, he understands the importance of consistency. He understands how important it is for this Lakers team to not be a, we'll be there when it matters. Let's just take some of these games off. And I don't think it's as simple as necessarily taking these games off. But I think there is something that comes with your leader saying, hey, we've got to create I know AD is out, right? I know he's missed a lot of time. I know we've gone without Dennis sometimes. We've got to get figure out ways to win these games, um, even without AD at this point in the season. So I think the Lakers are rightfully um, made the favorite here. Um, but I do think this game is going to go down on the wire. I think it's, you know, fresh in, um, fresh in the Lakers' mind that um, they got dominated. Or, sorry, fresh in the Warriors' mind that they were absolutely one of their most embarrassing performances came against the Lakers a couple weeks ago. So uh, now they get them at the crib, division rival, rival LeBron James, you're always going to get up for the Lakers. And I think yesterday was the start of something for the Warriors in terms of 
you you just saw everyone without besides Steph Curry that yesterday played with a different sense of urgency, a different level of energy, and it was something we haven't seen for really most most of the year. Um, it wasn't you know, a lot of times guys get stuck where it's like Wiggins or Ubre they want to make the pass to Steph, they understand that Steph's coming off, but they can't quite get it there and then instead of like making a decisive move they kind of like make a bullshit Wiggins or make a bullshit drive or take a bullshit shot and yesterday you saw intention in everything they did okay I've got this one-on-one matchup I'm going at this with every intent to score instead of like ah I guess it's my turn to try and score let me see what I can do there there's a clear different level of energy behind there so um I, I like, I like the under here. Honestly, if I had to play it, but I'm, I'm. I think this line is fair. I think the Lakers should be slight favorites here, and and that's what they are. So we're gonna lay off here. I will also say with the Clippers, they lost to the Mavs by fifty earlier in the year. I, I don't think that's lost on them. And I think Ty Lue, I, I really think Ty Lue's a good coach. I, and I know I'm just really quickly jumping from this to the Clippers. You're like what? But we're back on the Clippers. Um, I think Ty Lue, if he's smart, and I think he is, he's going to make sure that those guys remember that 50-point loss. So that was embarrassing. It was very, very, it was like the second week of the season. But anytime you lose a 50 by 50 to an NBA team, like that's, that's more than embarrassing. 30 points is embarrassing. Um, 50, like you can bet Ty Lue's, and Kawhi didn't play that game, but you can bet Ty Lue's and they're like, hey guys, remember we lost by 50 to this team? Like, let's let's show up. Let's show up today. They're off 30 points. So, three plays locked in. Pacers plus five, Clippers minus one, um, Hornets minus two and a half, and then really uh, taking a long, hard look at the Suns first half, uh, minus three and a half, slash minus seven, um, not sure yet there taking a good hard look at the wizards plus eight and a half a good hard look at the knicks plus eight and a half um and so that i mean right there that's potential for up to five plays a day hey if you guys want to parlay i'm going to put this down right now and there's a lot of different variations based off what we've seen i'm going to go right now i'm going to go wizards plus 290 right i'm going to go hornets money line i'm going to go knicks plus eight and a half i'm going to go spurs minus 130 uh, I'm going to go Clippers money line. I'm going to go Suns money line. And uh, let's see what that gives us off of $10. Off of $10, that's going to give us 517 I like that. I'm going to hit that right now. You just heard me hit, hit that live. That is Wizards money line, Hornets money line, Knicks plus eight and a half, Spurs money line, Clippers money line, Suns money line, $10 to win 517 I think another variation um, is instead of Wizards plus 290 you can throw the spread in there and then also throw either Pacers money line or Pacers spread in there, whatever you prefer. Because again, the way they played against the Phoenix Suns, if they play like that, they can beat absolutely anyone um, and the Nuggets aren't this crazy powerhouse right now. Anyways, I know this was a little bit longer. I also know this was a little bit later. I hope it all works out. I have a MVP podcast coming out with Bo Sargent Tyler um, here probably end of day today, early tomorrow. And uh, I will be back again to, to talk some hoops. Huge day today. We've been tr- treading water. Uh, hopefully we can break through with um, at least three, four winners here today. Um, but I, I appreciate you all for tuning in. Have a great Monday. Continue to be great, and uh, we'll talk soon. Peace.